listeners and welcome to the latest episode of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. This week it really is all about whiskey. But before we get too far ahead, you over there, me, speaking with me. Okay. You're Joshua Hatton. I am in fact Joshua Hatton of the Guilford Hattons. And me over here, I'm Jason Johnston Yellen. And I'm here every episode hosting this with Joshua. We need to be careful this episode, Joshua. Okay. We got a, a very angry, I would say outraged email from Oliver Chilton. We've oh. spoken about here. We've spoken about on yeah. One Nation Under Whiskey. We've spoken with him on One Nation Under Whiskey. He had been setting his watch by us and had <laughs> never, had never had an issue with us going over 35 minutes. Always a tight 35. Yeah. Never a problem. Yeah. And our last episode came up shy of 35 minutes and his watches have all gone to hell. Do you, you know, I, I have a comment about this. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. So this, they say that the standard length of a cubit was always tied to the distance between the elbow and the wrist of the current pharaoh. And therefore, anytime there was a new pharaoh, depending on his or her arm, the size or length of a cubit would change. And therefore, I think we are always at 35 minutes. Whether it's at 32 minutes is still 35. Whether it's at 38 minutes is still 35. Right? I like this, Joshua. Yeah. You're finally seeing things the way I see things, which is every episode is a tight 35. And th- that episode. makes me very happy. So, with an eye on getting out of here in a tight 35, Mm -hmm. usually we bring a news article, often about whiskey, to the attention of the other. We read it in the first half, we riff on it in the second half, and we, as we've been saying, get out of here in a tight 35. We're recording this episode on Friday, July 29th, and this is a momentous day in the world of of American single malt whiskey. Mm-hmm. And you and I are recording this ahead of any news articles about this. Good point. We are going to pull this episode from industry conversations, industry emails, widely available statements. And even a little delve into the TTB website itself. I'm looking forward to this one. It's nice to be ahead of the curve, right? We always just react to that article, and now we get to to be ahead of the curve. Now, granted, it's Friday and Wednesday's coming, so we by the time this releases, we may be behind the curve. Still, we had the conversations that other people haven't been having, so I'm excited for that. And that was the exact point that I wanted to make, is by the time this goes live on Wednesday, August 3rd, there could be a host of news stories about this. It might even make the big entries. It might be in CNN, it might be ABC, it might be NBC. Wow. It might be the BBC, for heaven's sakes. Wow. I don't think it'll make the BBC. But, but it all kicked off for me yesterday, Thursday. Amanda Beckwith... Mm-hmm. Master Blender, Virginia Distilling Company. Yep. Who was on the podcast previously. On One Nation Under Whiskey. Mm-hmm. Texted me and said, great news from the TTB. Looks like we're about to get the ASM, American Single Malt, category announcement tomorrow. 
talked about that being very exciting. And then she said, after a 60-day comment period, the ruling will be made final. And, and a key point from her, it's been such a long road. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not long after that text came in, you and I were texting. We had a comment with Matt Hoffman over at Westland. Mm-hmm. And we were both texting with him ahead of our meeting, and then we actually met with him. Not about this uh, designation, actually. About something else. And then he, he did the classic Matt Hoffman. Uh, excellent delivery. Pro delivery. Yeah. NPRM for ASMW drops tomorrow. See, that was yeah. that was that was one step away from the wolves run at midnight. <laughs> well, when I first read that, I said NPRM for ASMR. <laughs> See, I put the R in there. I'm always like, ASMR. Is that where you talk like this, nice and quiet? Yeah, you really drive my wife and your mm-hmm. wife and my brother really crazy with mouth noises. But no, yeah. it was not. Yeah. And so so again, he, he was talking about what Amanda had been talking about there, this comment period. Yeah. Right. For uh for these uh new rules that are coming down. So so that was great. I have another aspect of that to bring back in. But when I woke up this morning, I was I was ready for the news break. I was looking in all the usual corners and and nothing was really happening until about midday. And the American Distilling Institute, who we've quoted previously, mm-hmm. sent out an email that led with their corn whiskey masterclass at the 2022 ADI, the, the big conference that they have. And I thought, that's with all due respect, that's not the lead. (laughs) (laughs) That's I I felt a little deflated, like the kid coming down the stairs on Christmas morning and there's nothing under the tree. Yeah. Because it's Santa's put it all in the kitchen. And so as I scrolled, I found TTB to publish proposed rulemaking establishing a new American single malt whiskey category. And then if I could just read this this paragraph to you. Please, yeah. And to our listeners. No, no, just to me. April, just to me, Jason. <laughs> on April 28, 2022, Discus, we'll get back to what Discus means in just a second, and the American Single Malt Whiskey Coalition. Commission. Sent, I know, right? It, it's commission. They <laughs> it's said coalition. <laughs> yeah, coalition. All right, say consortium. Um, meet, meet them in the middle, consortium. We had this conversation on a previous extra extra. We made the C a whole bunch of things. Um, Easy. The the ASMWC sent a letter to the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, the TTB, urging the bureau to move forward with issuing its quote unquote addition of American single malt whiskey to the standards of identity for distilled spirits. Mm. Notice of proposed rulemaking, the NPRM from Matt Hoffman's text. There you go. See, I was thinking National Public Radio... Machinations. Machinations, yeah. Today, the TTB will publish its proposed standards for American single malts in the Federal Register and open a 60-day public comment period. They then link to something 
that I already had open on my computer. Pro level, Jason. Pro level. (laughs) (laughs) Statement by Discus President and CEO Chris Swanger regarding the Tax and Trade Bureau's issuance of a notice of proposed rulemaking establishing a new American single malt whiskey category. And this was published July 28, 2022 at 3.53pm Eastern. Okay. So this, this was ahead of the game. Yep. And Chris Swanger is quoted. This is all a Chris Swanger quote. Okay. And it's three short paragraphs. This is great news for US distillers and consumers. We want to thank TTB for listening to the industry's requests and we look forward to working with the Bureau to develop an official new category for American single malt whiskey. The formal establishment of standards of identity for American single malt whiskey is a clear recognition that this rapidly growing category is unique and deserves to be defined and protected as a distinctive product of the United States. Consumer fascination with American single malt whiskey is at an all-time high, and establishing a clear definition will drive innovation and help maintain the integrity of this category as more products enter the market. End quote. Okay. F's to the Y's to the I's, <laughs> Discus is the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. Not to be confused by the track and field game of Discus. Which is funny, because see when you're looking for a statement from the CEO and you put Discus into Google, mm. Google really wants to give you uh, Olympic distances <laughs> and records. <laughs> um I had a bit from the American Single Malt Whiskey Commission, which, by the way, I'm on their website now, that I wanted to go over, if you'll permit me, because up until now, we've we've not reiterated what those key standards are that they're trying to put into place. And I, w- I wanted to announce them publicly. So this is, this is ideal. Allow me mm-hmm. first... To present a statement from Steve Hawley, president of the ASMWC. Okay. I reached out to him for Extra Extra and said, Steve, great news. Congratulations. He's been working on this as long as anybody. Do you have a statement? And he just very simply sent back. We're thrilled by the TTB's notice of proposed rulemaking today. While we still have some last steps before a formal definition is ratified, it's incredible to see American single malt whiskey finally have its moment. There you go. There you go. That speaks to a dude who's been working on this for a while. Yeah, for what, going on a little over six years now? So from the American single malt uh, whiskey.org website, and by the way, in, in this case, whiskey is spelled with the E. I know... We've trained all of our listeners to remove that pesky E, but if you want to access the website, you're going to have to pop that back in. So here are the list of standards on their website, though there is one additional standard listed that I, that I want to bring up, and that's from a, a separate source. So standard number one, made from 100% malted barley. 
that is different than the current standard, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Two, distilled entirely at one distillery, which you think would be obvious, right? The, the, the term single malt refers to malt whiskey produced at a single distillery, so that should be very clear and should make sense. Three, mashed, distilled, and matured in the United States of America. Interesting that it doesn't say bottled. That's right, because in 2013, Mm. the SWA made a stipulation. Sorry to to riff here, but in 2013, the SWA made, sorry, Murray, made a stipulation uh, that bottling of Scotch whiskey to legally be identified as scotch whiskey had to be bottled in scotland so that stipulation is not here so we go on uh the next one is matured in oak casks of a capacity not exceeding 700 liters and that's standard around the world uh what's nice about that is it doesn't specify new charred oak it just says oak casks again we'll talk about that in a little bit Distilled to no more than 160 U.S. proof, which is the equivalent of 80% alcohol by volume, which I think is the same exact stipulation for bourbon or rye, right? You can't distill beyond that 80% alcohol and have that product be bourbon or a rye product be called rye. It has to be distilled to no more than 80%. And then finally, bottled at 80 U.S. proof, or more, 40% alcohol by volume. And then there's one more standard that's not listed on the American Single Malt Commission's website, but I found it on uh, Beverage Dynamics, which published an article uh, earlier today. And the, the final standard lists no neutral spirits allowed. However, color, flavoring, and blended elements are permitted. So I do want to talk about that little bit that hasn't been really mentioned on the American Single Malt Commission's website. However, if you look on the TTB website, and if you look at this Beverage Dynamics article, um, that is listed. So again, no neutral spirits allowed. Uh, In other words, you can't blend that in to the single malt and still call it single malt. However, coloring is allowed just like it is in Scotland. Flavoring is allowed, which we can talk about that later. And then blending elements are permitted. And then I'm, it'll be interesting to uh, to unpack because that's a bit of a, a cryptic statement, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like if anything's put the cat amongst the pigeons, it's this coloring, flavoring allowance and I'm I'm kind of curious where that came from because it's certainly not on the the ASMWS website, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been any conversation we've had with producers over these low six years, and and now here we are entering into final comment, and so I wonder if there are producers who who engage in this who who felt the need to have that ratified. Well, yes, and there, I, I feel as if we're starting to edge toward the riffing portion of it, but there's something very specific I want to say about this. Should I say it now or should I wait, Jason? Let's wait, because in terms of finalizing this first half, I actually want to read the the notice 
as it appears on the TTB website. Ah, good. Because, because again, I went in search of that this morning. And, and again, like the kid on Christmas, I was refreshing, refreshing, refreshing and not getting any information. Mm-hmm. And then later this afternoon, once I calmed way down, uh, there it was, ready ready to be read. Um, and so just for the benefit of our listeners, and and you know, I don't think you and I really go in search of these notices either, but uh, except for today. The, uh, the distilled spirits section of the TDB, notices of proposed rulemaking, says open for comment. Notice number 213, Proposed addition of American single malt whiskey to the standards of identity for distilled spirits. In this proposed rule, TTB proposes to establish a standard of identity for quote-unquote American single malt whiskey as a type of whiskey that is a distinctive product of the United States. Under the proposal to be labelled American single malt whiskey, the product must be distilled entirely at one US distillery and must be mashed, distilled, aged in the United States. For complete details on this proposal, instructions on how and where to comment, and specific questions on which TTB is requesting comments, see notice number 213, and there's a link. To view all documents and comments received related to this proposal, see docket number TTB-2022-0007 at regulations.gov. To comment electronically, use the regulations.gov comment form for this proposal. Comments are due by September 27, 2022. Let's duck out here for a quick break, and then we'll do all the riffing and all the pulling in of additional material as we see fit in the second half. boy towards the end of the first half uh-huh. there was a, a riff that you felt building in you but you sat on it so to speak I I give you the floor now to allow that riff to go free okay well I'd like to actually leave that for the for the end because this is what I'd like to do if you wouldn't mind and I think this will be beneficial not just for us as we structure this conversation, but beneficial to our listeners. What I'd like to do is go point by point on this list from the ASMWC and talk about how it currently differs from the standards as they are currently set. Okay? Hmm. Okay, give us that. Right? So stipulation number one, made from 100% malted barley. So people would say, well, why? How, how is that different? Isn't single malt malted barley? The fact of the matter is, if you go to the TTB website right now and you look up single malt, you know, as it pertains to single malt made in America, the stipulation is not 100% barley. In fact, they treat it more like a bourbon or, or a rye, and they just say, now nah, it just has to be 51%. It has to be more than half of the overall mash bill. So currently, someone can make a single malt, use 51% malted uh, malted barley, add in some rye, some spelt, some corn, you know, whatever they want to do, 
and and mature that in a new charred oak cask, and you can call that a single malt whiskey. So mm-hmm. this changes that, right? And so some people listening to this might say, well, wait a second, you're now limiting flavors because <laughs> you are removing the option to add in some more grains. But let's use the example of Copperworks or Westland, where they're using a mixed malt mash bill of different roasting levels. And Westland's mm-hmm. even experimenting with different malt varieties, different barley, like weird varieties and such to see what flavors can come from that. So while, yes, you're limiting the types of gr- the variety of grains allowed, you still have freedom because with barley, you can have different levels of roasting and different types of of barleys to create flavor. Just think of your beer, right? When you think about beer, there's a load of different flavors that will come from that. And a lot of that is barley driven. It's grain driven based on the roasting level. So that's point number one. Point number two, distilled entirely at one distillery. Now, initially I thought this would not be a problematic statement because around the world, you know, well, let's, Let's pinpoint Scotland, right? Single malt Scotch whiskey just means that that whiskey is made in Scotland, hence Scotch, from malted barley, there's the word malt, from a single distillery, that's your word single, single malt Scotch whiskey. And so you would think single malt American whiskey would be produced at one distillery, but I mean, currently that's not a stipulation. So you've got some distilleries that can blend from two different places and still call it single malt. Am I correct on that? I believe you are correct on that, yes. And, and I'm talking America right now. I, I'm, I've moved I'm, away from Scotland as the example, and now I'm back in the U.S. because there is no stipulation saying this malt whiskey yeah, is, right? Yeah, we're certainly not doing that in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> I can assure you yeah. of that. Right, so that, that tightens things up a little bit. Mashed, distilled, and matured in the United States of America. That doesn't seem problematic to me. Although I did like your addition in the first half, which was, isn't it interesting that it's not also going to be bottled here? Mm. Like, like it doesn't have to be. It's not part of the regulation. And, and it's kind of interesting to think about, could you send a, a tote of an American single malt to Scotland and have it be bottled in another country and, and show up as American single malt? Well, if we look at some of our own bottlings, as I think about what we've done with, say, M&H or with Paul John or even the coolie we did a few years back, back right? Back in the day. <laughs> right? Where, like, let's use M&H as an example. Our bottle says single malt Israeli whiskey, all one line. That's, that's your category. Categories are set on a singular line. I want to bring that up uh, in a bit. And then we list out distilled and matured in Israel. We may even specify Tel Aviv. And then we say bottled in Scotland. And the same would be for our Paul John, single malt Indian whiskey, distilled and matured in India, bottled in Scotland. Right. Our Macmira from Sweden. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this maybe it's a good thing that they leave the door open. Yeah, on that. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like that. Thank you, <laughs> ASMWC. Um, this next one I think is huge. 
So this next one is matured in oak casks of a capacity not exceeding 700 liters. Mm -hmm. So firstly, let's go in reverse. If you think of a barrel, right? A barrel is just a size designation for a cask. That's 200 liters. Uh, A sherry butt is 500 liters. A gorda, sherry gorda is 700 liters, right? So just to give you some, some ideas of sizing. But if we look again at what the current standards are for single malt whiskey in the U.S., it stipulates new charred oak, which significantly boxes in the category from a flavor profile. And back to this example of, of bourbon and rye, which we're, we're both massive fans of and love, the flavors can only go so far because of the cask style employed. But when you're allowed to use new charred oak still, or an ex-bourbon cask, or sherry, or port, or calvados, or, you know, insert spirit or wine type here, it allows you to expand that that flavor pie and offer the public more opportunities for, for flavor exploration and allows producers, you know, like if there were, let's use Virginia Distillery Company, for example, right? If they want to go out and start saying, we want to do everything in sherry, just like Glenn Farkless does everything in sherry. They now have the freedom to do that. And actually, we need to talk about that a little bit because I remember I said single malt Israeli whiskey is the category. All on, when, when something is all in one line, it's all in the category. I want to return to that thought in just a moment. Before you move on, I... I... Just on that reuse of barrels, I think is such an important point given the shortage we're seeing, seeing the the demand yeah. is through the roof for new charred oak. And if you're a producer who's been in this a decade and you've been recycling through your casks, right? That's a wonderful position to be in, to now have that ratified. Yeah. I think is is huge. And one of the things you and I have talked about in other extra extras is about this wood shortage. And we've talked climate. Uh, we've talked about demand for new growth trees. We've talked about would bourbon potentially need to change its regulations? Mm-hmm. Would rye potentially need to change its regulations? If you're a, an American single malt producer, you now know you can continue to reuse barrels and put, hopefully, less strain on any new charred oak barrels coming out of of any cooperage. Well, let's you know what let, let's let's stay on this just because you bring up an excellent point, and I just want it all sort of sandwiched together here. You know. Westland has been selling whiskey for just about as long as as we've been a company. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've been putting stuff in New Chard Oak and Sherry Casks and Ex-Bourbon Casks and Port Casks, Virginia Distillery, Copperworks, right? All of these players, Balcones. Yep. And so one would think, well, wait a second. Why does this even matter if the producers are already doing this? If you're sitting at home and you have a bottle of Westland or Copperworks or Balcones or any of these American single malt producers, take a close look at their label and you'll see that the word whiskey is on a separate line 
from the word single malt. And that's very important. That is their loophole to be able to produce the whiskey they want while being classified Mm -hmm. as a whiskey, right? Remember what I said before, your classification is on a single line. So right now, you have to have at least two lines, American single malt, next line, whiskey. Now, we'll be able to put the classification all on one line, American single malt whiskey, which sounds almost as if it's like, who cares? But I, th- I think it really is important, right? It's, it's like putting a capital letter on someone's name, right? It really presses the point that, that there's an importance put upon this when it's all on one line. I think when you ask who cares... The government cares a whole lot (laughs) because you and I have moved American single malt whiskey around the country and it's been packaged by one and picked up by another and delivered to another. And if that paperwork is not consistent with government, federal Uh regulations, anybody at any point can say, I am not accepting this. And whether or not you have American single malt on one line and whiskey on another line, and whether you move this around the country as American whiskey, as opposed to American single malt, Mm. makes a whole hell of a difference to whether or not you will be successful. And to have something ratified by the TTB is huge. Absolutely huge. And I... I feel fantastic about this news, let alone <laughs> our friends who are distilling and maturing this product day in and day out. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Um, there's, there's three more points. Uh, distilled to no more than uh, 80% alcohol by volume. I don't, you know, I, it really, it's just keeping in line with what we're already doing in the U.S. Now, in Scotland, you don't have such... A stipulation. If you think back to say um, Octomore uh, Q4, right, where it's quadruple distilled, and they're distilling to a super high ABV, they can still call it single malt because it's going through their copper pot stills. So the U.S. has sort of a, a harsher stipulation. However, I would argue that the vast majority of malt producers are not, and when I say vast majority of malt producers, I'm talking about Scotland, are not distilling to higher than 80% alcohol. So this falls well within the line of, of what everybody else is doing. Agreed. Yep. And then penultimately, uh, bottled at, at, you know, at least 40% alcohol or more, right? Nothing new there. That That is a worldwide accepted ABV for whiskey. Yeah. Um, so let's get to the last one that we thought was a bit problematic. And that is no neutral spirits allowed. However, color, flavoring, and blending elements are permitted. So I want to talk to the flavoring portion of this. And I want to, to use the example of straight bourbon whiskey as an example here. So before you get there, yeah. before you get there, what do you take blending elements to be? Blending elements. 
so you're you're jumping the gun here. I'm not prepared to talk about that. But not riffing, just what does blending elements mean? That's the thing, I don't know. Like it, it is so <laughs> it it's such it's nebulous, such, right? Yeah, it's so it's nebulous. nebulous. We're not yeah. even sure what it means. And so I, I don't you know, blending I feel as if elements. we're not prepared to even talk about that. However, I think we can talk about coloring and I think we could talk about flavoring. Yeah, go for it. I was just curious if you in your discussions or yeah. readings had had seen blending elements. Mm. So No, but But yeah, flavoring. No, but but I but I do wonder if if blending if flavoring is a bit of a blending element, right? Like if you think about um we've got two categories of bourbon. We've got bourbon and we've got straight bourbon. Now, part of a bourbon to be allowed to be called straight bourbon means it cannot have coloring. It can't have any flavoring involved, right? It just has to be just straight up bourbon, hence straight bourbon. But when it doesn't say straight bourbon, you're actually allowed, I want to say it's about 2% of flavoring to that whiskey, and you could still be called bourbon. Right, so I'm not going to name names, but there are some brands out there that are doing that without saying they're doing that. Again, I don't want to mention any names. So it's interesting that they're allowing for that practice. Equally interesting that they aren't stipulating you need to use the term straight American single malt whiskey to say Mm -hmm. you're not Mm -hmm. using that. And that's something that I really wanted to highlight. Now, the coloring bit of it unfortunately makes sense. It's a common practice within Scotland, mostly within blends and and quite often within um, less expensive single malts. However, I would argue, and you've made the same argument, that coloring is an additive to the whiskey. And, And so... You know, and I forget it was someone on on the worldwide net web had said, "Boy, I wish they would have some sort of a straight, quote unquote, straight designation, so people can clearly understand that it does not have coloring, flavoring, or blending elements included." So, you do you foresee a response similar to Scotland then, which is, if you don't do it, you come out and say on your label. Look, we we don't do those things, and then, rightly or wrongly, you assume somebody who doesn't say it on their label is doing those things. Yeah, I mean, simply, I w- I want to say yes. However, if you look at a Scotch whiskey label, and it says non-chill filtered, all natural coloring, and you go to put that same label to the TTB and apply it to American whiskey, the TTB assumes that all natural <laughs> color means you've added color to it, which makes yep. no sense at all, right? <laughs> and so does the terminology become non-chill filtered, no additional color, right? Yeah. And, and, then we're dealing, and then we're dealing with a different nomenclature than what the rest of the world is doing and one of the things that I liked about all of these new standards that have been put into place is it puts us on a more even playing field with what the rest of the world is doing. 
And so having this final bit about the coloring, flavoring, and blending elements being permitted, I think can be problematic. And so it'll be interesting to see between now and September 27, when the commenting period is, is finally over, if people comment on that and, and call issue to the coloring, flavoring, and blending elements. Yeah, I've, I've said it many times in many places. It, it continues to make me cross that the SWA in Scotland signed off on, on colour. And, and I understand why they did. And I understand the the money that, that was attached to, to all of that and, and, you know, the potential losses there. I understand all of that. If you're at this doorstep of a new American category, you don't have to go down that route. You can say, no, like, let, let's see your product stand on its own two feet. Let's see the color. Let's taste the flavor without other components coming in here. And it's, it's the least sexy part of this, what I consider massive success story. Yeah. It's the it's the one part that just leaves me <laughs> in my usual position of a little slumped in the shoulders. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but do you do you think, however, that the idea of coloring being allowed is simply to be in line with what the SWA has done? Right. Think about even with bourbon, people say, "Ooh, look at that color." Despite most bourbon being bourbon color and color, you know, it is. Is it a way to protect sales? I'm glad you bring up that very point because one of the places where this diverges Mm -hmm. from the world of SWA is there's no minimum amount of maturation being announced here. Ah, that's a good point. And to be fair... We've bought uh-huh. two-year-old Westland and Sherry Cast. That yes, was, we have proudly and proudly, and it was phenomenal, right? It, it was proudly. It didn't need to be older than two years old, right? So, so it strikes me. What have we always talked about? Well, the U.S. is a different climate. Things will move differently. What did we talked about with with Amanda Beckwith? You know, the the tropical maturation zone yeah. that their warehouse sits in, right? And so you, so you can't consider <laughs> all American distilleries a monolith. Gosh, look, look what's happening in Texas with balconies, right? Yeah, that's, right. That's some hot climate and some, some rapid maturation in the elements as they exist in that state. So you could see where you wouldn't want to come along and tell someone like a Balcones, that has to be in there a minimum of three years. That might not make sense for their climate. And I know they've got products that are older than that. Yeah, you know, sure. I, I'm not saying everything they put out is two years old. But you got to let the distiller make that decision. So, so if you're savvy enough to leave those doors open, ah. <sighs> And then you come along with the coloring allowed and the flavoring allowed. Maybe you've gone down the same path and you've said, look, we're going to leave the doors open. We're going to let them make their decisions. In the interest of consistency, I can see that. But it's to me, that would be a different kind of product. 
given what you and I certainly talk about when we talk about American single malt whiskey. Doesn't make us right, you know, even though we like to think we are. Doesn't make us right. So maybe we'll start listening to producers and reading labels and see what they're communicating as a uh, as an industry and as an individual distillery. Well, I, I think I think one interesting point is that the vast majority, if not all, I mean, I, I don't know all of the American producers that are producing a single malt, whether it's their primary focus or just one of the products that they produce. I can't think of a single producer that is adding coloring, that is adding, you know, flavoring of any sort or any blending, blah, blah, you know, whatever it is, right? I think, I think they're smaller producers that see what the market has become for single malt scotch whiskey and says, you know what, we're going to follow suit with that. We're going to be at least 46% alcohol. We're not going to add color, right? We're going to do all these things to make sure that we're playing in the same sandbox that they are. And hey, we're also going to try to create these new rules and, and so on and so forth. So my hope is that as more producers get into the game, they sort of follow that along. And if they want to add coloring, I guess that's fine. But it'd be nice for those that don't just continue what they're doing. Non-chill filtered. No color added, right? Just let us know. Let us know what's in the bottle. That's all. That's what consumers want. Savvy consumers, at least. I think that's a final comment I would want to make um, as I look at the clock on the wall and I see we're approaching a tight 35 It's a tight here, cubit. It's a tight cubit. Is, <laughs> is what American single malt producers have wanted to do for six years now is ratify their processes so that a singular category can be used to allow them to communicate what they're producing, what they're selling uh, out of their distilleries. And, and I think you're right, new players will come into the game and they'll have different ways of doing business. But there's now, hopefully in 60 days, <laughs> going to be something ready to get put into the record that says, whenever you hear the terms... American single malt whiskey. You will know what those four words mean when combined together in that order. Let me ask you one last thing. And, and, and this, is, this is a question for the listeners too, right? I understand this is your podcast, but let me say this. I'd love to hear from the listeners this, the, your answer to this oh, question. Always, always, uh, always, so always you, want to hear from the listeners. So you can email us questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com or info at singlecastnation.com. Uh, no E in whiskey. Why do you think the terminology is American single malt whiskey and not single malt American whiskey? Well, if you are taking a book... <laughs> a book if out of a page <laughs> if you are taking a page out of the SWA playbook you can see the prominence of the word scotch mm. and it is it is front and center and that has been category building if you then pay attention to how America presents itself in the world. 
American means something. Yeah. Right? American gets the eyeballs. And mm-hmm. I don't know many Americans who would want to bury the word American in those four words. And I think that carries the day. And so I think on one hand, if you're if you are following the, the SW playbook, it makes sense. If you're simply American made, right? And you think about that flag on products that are American made. Yeah. I think I think that I think that wins the day as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you and I don't. Because while yes, the Scotch Whiskey Association slash SWA really talk about scotch and lead with scotch and ensure that they're always protecting the category that is scotch. The, the no- S in SWA. Right, right? the S in SWA. <laughs> the terminology is single malt scotch whiskey. So they're not leading with scotch. They're leading with single malt. Scotch is sort of buried, right? It's a third word within that. And so... Like, I mean, yes, it really screams America and Americans to lead with America. So I think from a from an attitude standpoint, I get that. You're like, this is American single malt. Like, I totally get that. But as I compare that to the rest of the standards put into play where we're trying to align ourselves with the rest of the world, why are we not aligning ourselves with the rest of the world when it comes to that? very simple terminology so we can say single malt scotch whiskey single malt welsh whiskey single malt american whiskey single malt indian whiskey israel it's right and so on and it could just be that hey we're americans this is america we're gonna lead with that word and if that's the answer that's the answer i'm not offended by it i'm not put off by it i'm just sort of curious about it yeah yeah, please, please write us in. Just as, as Joshua says, questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com or info at singlecastnation.com, no Ian either. Yeah, I, I would, we've said this previously, I would love to hear from our listeners on this new category. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like you, you said to me today before we hit the record buttons here, holy moly, this is blowing up the social medias today. Yeah, it is. Right? There's a ton of chatter around this and a ton of excitement and and some naysayers and some doomsayers, and that, that's all right too. There's a reason it's a 60-day commenting period. Mm-hmm. And so I, I recommend go, go to the TTB, have a look at the notices uh, go look for the NPRM. Look at me getting all Matt Hoffman wow, here. Wow, look at you. And yeah, and un- until next time, we'll we'll see where this goes between episodes. I'm sure we're not done discussing it, but today feels like a ginormous step uh, in the right direction and a very exciting direction. Indeed it does. And I, I guess we may be done talking about it come September 27th. When the commenting is closed, so. Well, then we'll see what came of the commenting and maybe there'll be a fresh discussion to have before the year is out. All right. All right, Joshua. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Thank you for always hosting (laughs) your wonderful podcast. Well, dear listeners, thank you as always for listening in and and hopefully you're feeling a bit of excitement this day. And, And as Josh and I have tried to work on this year, 
Sometimes there's some good news stories happening in the world of whiskey, and mm-hmm. we're always excited to discuss them and share them. That we are. Until next time, peace. Peace. Peace.